Exodus chapter 14, verse number 1. The Bible said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pahithroth between Migdal and the sea over against Belzephon. Before it, shall, before it shall ye encamp by the sea, for Pharaoh will say, The children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he should, or that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. It was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? He made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots. And all the chariots of Egypt and, the ca and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. The children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea of Pahahithroth before Belzephon. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. They said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall them again no more for ever. Again, we're drawing our thought tonight from verse number 13. When the Lord, through the man of God, speaks to the children of Israel, and this is what He says, Fear ye not, stand still. Lord, help me tonight. I want to continue that thought on what to do when you're at a standstill. What in the world are we going to do, Brother Chris, when we can't do nothing? And I believe the Lord highlights the answer very clearly here in our text. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you, dear Lord, that you have placed it in our hearts, Lord, to gather together one more time. Lord, this is your day. God, this is your service. And Lord, this is your sermon. And these are your saints. God, this is your sanctuary. This has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with you. So Lord, I'm asking you tonight to help me to glorify you and to, and to preach what you'd have me say. Pray, God, that you would draw and convict and change and challenge and do all that only you can do. Lord, if you'd be so kind to come by and anoint me and help me one more time, Lord, I'd sure thank you. And I'd praise your lovely name. God, I can't preach without you. And I sure don't want to try. So please help us tonight. 
And God, that you'd receive the honor, the praise, and the glory for everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name and for His sake and all the Lord's people said. Amen and amen. I'm going to try my best not to re-preach everything I've already said. But I do want to catch up, and, and, and maybe you weren't here this morning. I know my dad wasn't here this morning. And so, for his sake, let me just lay this foundation as quickly as I can. We understand the Bible lets us know that because a famine had entered the land, the Bible said that the children of Israel, they had fled in attempts on escaping this famine, and they made their way to the house of Pharaoh. They made their way to Egypt where Joseph would be on a throne. You know the story where Joseph would offer corn because he's the only man that had anything to offer. The Bible said his brothers and his daddy was about to starve to death. And, and so they heard, the Bible said, that there was corn down in Egypt and they made their way that way. And next thing you know, one thing leads to another and they end up my friend, throughout the Bible uh, in captivity and bondage to Pharaoh and to Egypt. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know this truth that Egypt has been and always will be a type and a picture of the world. Uh, Pharaoh has been a picture of many things, but Pharaoh can easily be a type and a picture of the devil, if you want to say it like that. And so, we find that Israel is in a place they have no business being doing things they have no business doing. God did not design for his people to serve as slaves in Egypt. That was not the will of God for their life concerning them. But my friend, what happens? Well, that becomes a way of life. It almost becomes the normal. It is just how things are and what they find is that uh, my friend they get to a place where they can do nothing or in other words they're at a stand still in their life. So what does God do? What He always does. He sends them a preacher by the name of Moses, a stuttering Baptist. My friend that goes down the road and begins to tell Pharaoh and deal with Pharaoh and say what God has to say and tell the children of Israel there is hope and he brought the message of hope and repentance that if you'll turn and y'all will turn towards God and obey him then there's a way out of this standstill and so here we go the story goes like this that sure enough they said sign me up the Bible said they raised a high hand on their way out and the Bible said that there it was that Moses had got him a little ways outside of town and uh, the Lord spoke to Moses and said alright Moses uh, that's, that's far enough for the day let's set up camp right here where are they at preacher well they're between Migdal and the sea over against Balzephon. Can I say that everywhere they look, there's no way of escape. When they turn around and look backwards, all they can see is the road that leads to Egypt. And if they look out in front of them, the only thing they see is the sea. There's no road or there's no escape. And to the left as far as they look and to the right is the sand and the shore. And 
And my friend, they don't know how to navigate. They've been in bondage for 400 years. And, and so here they go from being in a standstill to being let out of bondage back to a standstill. And then they're commanded to stand still. I think it's safe to say tonight, if you look at our text, that they're at a standstill. They was at a standstill in Egypt. God let them out. Then they get down between Migdal and the sea, the Red Sea, and Moses, under the, uh, the, the instruction of God, said, all right, this is where we're going to set up camp. And still yet, they're at a standstill. They can't move. The only way they can do anything is if they go back to Egypt where they came from. And my friend, so again, they're at a standstill. And sure enough, here comes Pharaoh and his armies, and they're coming to take them back and put them back in slavery and bondage. And the Bible said they begin to fear the Lord and uh, Moses speaks uh, to the people because God spoke to him and said fear ye not here it is again stand still so what are we going to do when we get to that place of stand still anybody ever been there if you could do something to change things you'd do it but you just couldn't you're at a stand still Sometimes there is a way of escape, but we can't see it. Hello? Therefore, we're a standstill. God could see that highway, I-75, through the Red Sea, but Moses and the children of Israel couldn't see it. Hello, I'm talking about preacher, I'm doing everything I know to do to get out of bondage and to get out of Egypt, but I'm looking around. I don't see the way out. I mean, I know the way. I mean, you said follow the man of God. He's following God, and I'm trying to do that. But here we are. We're set up camp, and I don't see the exit. Just stand still. What are we going to do in this time of stand still? Well, first of all, I said this morning, I'm not going to re-preach it, just going to mention it. The first thing you've got to learn to do is listen to the preacher. Hello. You've got to listen to the preacher. We see in verse number 2 everything that God does with the preacher. The Bible's number 1, the first words of God speaking to Moses says, I said, why do you listen to a preacher? I mean, what makes a preacher so special? Well, the preacher is under an obligation. He's got a call and a commission and an order to fulfill a duty. What's his duty? To speak what God says to speak. I said it this morning. The preacher's not just an opinion. And the preacher's just not just an option. But the preacher is an outsource. In other words, uh, he's a third party. He's fulfilling the task at hand. Uh, and the materials in which he's working with is not his own. They're of another party. Help me, somebody. He's an outsourcing, a source of God. He's got a duty, and that's to speak what God would have him to say. Speak. Why should you listen to the preacher? He's got a duty. He's the mouthpiece of God. Why should you listen to the preacher? Well, look with me in verse 2. Speaking of the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pahathroth between Migdal and the sea over against Belzephon. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. Not only does the preacher have a duty, but the preacher has direction. 
Why should you listen to a preacher in a standstill when you don't know anybody ever been there? Preacher, I'm at a halt. I don't know if I'm coming or going, if I'm winning or losing, if I'm gaining or setting myself back. What do I do? You better listen to your preacher because God, my friend, has spoken to him. He's given him a duty to speak the things that he wants to say to you. He's the mouthpiece and the outsource. But then right under that, not only does he have a duty, but he's been with God and he has direction for your life. My friend, if you can't trust your preacher to lead you in the right direction, you need a new preacher. I mean, why would you come in here and sit every single week and then when it comes to a time where you're at a standstill and the only road you know to take is going to lead you back to your bondage, if you can't listen to me, why in God's name you're here to begin with, you ought to trust the preacher, not because of who he is, not because I'm a good man, not because I'm faithful, not because I'm this, not because I'm that, but because he has called me and he's commissioned me. And I found out some of the brethren went like this, but God has used me in spite of me, even when he shouldn't have. I stood in that pulpit and not been a slight bit right with God. And the Lord used me. You might not like that, but that's the truth. He's anointed me and then convicted me after he's anointed me and told me I shouldn't have done it, but I done it because they needed to hear my voice and you're the only piece of junk tool I've got to work with. Help me somebody. Moses is not on the top of the list when it comes to qualification. Are y'all listening? Yes, sir. Fact is, if you go through your Bible and look at the men God uses, my friend, you'd find out, listen to me, listen to me right here. God specializes in taking the rejects and the rebels and those who nobody else would even follow to the grocery store. And that's who He chooses to put His hand on. That's who He chooses to preach the Word of God. I don't know why, but God said it's the foolishness of preaching that confounds the wise. My friend, hey, I'm telling you, Moses sounded like a stuttering saint, but God used the man of God, my friend, to fulfill a duty and a job, and he gave them direction, my friend, to help them in their time of standstill, to lead them out of their bondage. What should you do in a time of standstill? Listen to you, preacher. Why? Well, because he has a duty and he has direction. But thirdly, he's got some details. God don't tell me everything, but he tells me some things. <coughs> Verse 3 said, now this is from God. <coughs> Excuse me. He told him in verse number 2, he told him his duty and gave him direction. Then he gives him the details as to why they were to go there and set up camp. Verse 3, he said, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, in the wilderness, 
hath shut them in and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he shall follow after them and I'll be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts. In other words, I'm going to take you to I'm going to take you to Migdal over uh, by, between Migdal and the sea uh, over against uh, at Belzephon and here's why. It ain't going to make much sense, Moses. The only road you're going to see is the one that leads you back to Egypt. The only thing you're going to see in front of you is the water. And the only thing you're going to see to the sides is the wilderness. But my friend, I've said it this morning, I'll say it again. I had rather die in the wilderness trying to get through the water as I would to go back and die in the world. Amen. Moses uh, to direct them uh, because Moses had details. Uh, God said, believe it or not, Moses, if you'll do what I say, it's going to look pointless. It's going to look impossible. But I, I will get honor over Pharaoh and his people. God's going to take an impossible situation and make something possible. By the way, he's still he's very good at specializing in that. And y'all, Deacon, you ever seen a situation and thought, this is impossible? And there was nothing you could do about it? You just stand still. You know what God uses during those times? To help you, to give you a word, the preacher. To show you the way, a preacher. To fulfill his plan and you overcome the war, the preacher. Secondly, we said this morning what to do in a time of standstill. Not only should you look to the preacher, but, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, not only should you listen to the preacher, but you should look for the purpose. What's the reason? Verse 5. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. The heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? Now I said it already tonight, but I will say it again. Israel had no business serving them in the first place. Did you know that God did not create you and I through uh, the, 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 the born again experience? He did not birth you and me into the family of God for us to be in bondage and slavery in Egypt. Hello? There's a whole bunch of children tonight that are saved as the Apostle Paul, but they're in Egypt. They're, they're bound. They're servants and slaves. And they're serving Pharaoh. And Deacon, here's the sad part. And it's all by their choice. Amen. Are you listening? Amen. Amen. It's their choice. Brother Chris, let's go back a couple years. We had issues. I had issues. You had issues. Back in the day, would you agree with this? In the day, both of us really had a choice. I could have chose, I could have calmed down, chose to say things better than they do. You could have chose to say, this guy is flesh and he's half retarded, but I'm going to forgive him. But with the persuasion of the devil and high emotions and all that, you made a choice. Are you ready? Yeah. I take responsibility for my thoughts, but listen to me. At the end of the day, it's your choice. Yeah, right. I can act a plum blame fool and go out to your car and start kicking the tires on them. Right. And throw a hissy fit. Yeah. 
Are you listening? Yes, sir. And by stage, all of your windshield act like a pure moron. You you don't have to leave. Right. Right. I won't say that under so well. Listen, I understand that's real extreme and that'd be a bad ordeal, but at the end of the day, you still have a choice. Right. My pastor needs help. Yeah. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if God can help the situation that my pastor. Because he ain't always acting like that. Right. Something's wrong and I'm not just gonna bail. You've got a choice. Now that's hard to live. Yeah. But you've got a choice. We are so bad with Seth for always pointing the finger at everybody else. Right, man. Listen to me. Your husband does not make you act the way you act. And your wife does not make you act the way you act. Your boss does not make you lose your testimony. We have a choice. How'd they get there? What was the purpose? Well, they fled. Chased the famine. Next thing you know, they're in slavery. They, in other words, short, shortly put, they put themselves there. Yeah, Why'd Jonah end up in the belly of the well? Disobeyed God. Why'd Samson end up blind and losing every bit of his strength and overtaken by Delilah and had to get his eyes poked out and commit suicide? For his dad. Yes. He had a choice. Y'all with me? Why did David have to lose a son? And why did David have to suffer? My friend, what he reap what he sowed because... He made a choice. And number one, his choice, his first choice was it was time, it was the time of year for the kings to go to battle. And David said, Nah, I believe we'll hang out up here and drink some sweet tea today. Right. Looked out over the balcony and there was Bathsheba right. in the bath. I believe I want I want some of that. <laughs> Boys, y'all right. know you're right, hip tight, don't you? You know his wife, don't you, Bathsheba? Yeah. Yeah, we know her. She's down there, straight butt naked right now. I'd like y'all to bring her too. I got to talk to him about something. That's right. He had a choice. He ended up in Egypt, so to speak, and he ended up in bondage to Pharaoh, so to speak, because of his thinking choices. Hey, look up here and listen to me. It ain't nobody's fault but yours if you're in Egypt tonight. Amen. It's your fault. Yes, sir. It's your fault. We had a choice. You don't have to pursue temptation. You don't have to give in to peer pressure. You don't have to deliberately disobey God. You don't have to bail when the famine hits. They have reaped what they have sown. There may have, uh, there have been many times when I found myself at a standstill in my life uh, where I could not do one blessed thing to change a situation that needed changing. And the reason that I was there was me. It was me. I remember 18, 19, and even 20 facing things. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Facing things. And you know why I was having to face them? Choices I made. 18 years old, my world crumbled. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Everything about life 
changed. I was faced with things that no 18-year-old boy ought to be faced with. But it wasn't my mama's fault. It wasn't my daddy's fault. It wasn't my preacher's fault. It wasn't the church's fault. It wasn't my friend's fault. It wasn't nobody's fault but Josh's fault. And I was at a standstill. Listen, Brother Dex. My hands were tied. I had a little two or three month old baby and was having to fight the system just to hopefully get to see her. Who's that on? Me. I never went through that with Amy. I spent one minute in court. Thank you, Lord. With that woman. Yeah. To see my children. Thank you, Lord. Not one blessed man. Right. Why? Well, because this is how it's supposed to be in the first time. Amen. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Well, I used to be afraid that you mentioned stuff like this stuff. I wanted to think about it, but you know what? I don't care. Because this is my life, it's my testimony, right. it was my mistakes, and maybe God will let me have somebody to repeat those problems. Yeah. And if the brother don't like it, they've got a church, they say if they're a church, I'll stay at mine. That's yeah. exactly right. Yes, sir. This is my ministry. Amen. And I'm not saying that arrogantly, but this is the ministry God has given to me. Right. I don't have to go down the road. I, but God knows my heart. I love preaching. I, I love going places. If I do, I love it. But if they want to hear this on the podcast and the dear brethren listen to it, because every church I go to, they say they do. Listen, fellas, if it offends y'all, bless your heart. I'll stay in London and serve the Lord. Amen. And I mean that, not arrogantly. Because I'm an example of what it is to be a child of God living in Egypt. And I put myself there. I put myself in bondage. I put myself under the thumb of the devil. And you are guilty of doing the same. Yes, sir. So what do we do? You're going to have to realize why you're there. How did I get to where they have, to where the only thing in front of me is the waves and the water. And the only thing to the left and the right of me is the wilderness. And the only thing behind me is the world. And I can't go nowhere. I can I can take off to the right, but I'm never coming out of the wilderness. I can take off in the up in front of me and I'm gonna drown in the water. Or I can come back and go back to the world and die a slave of sin. I am at a standstill. What do I do now? You listen to your preacher. Because he has a duty to speak and he has direction. And he knows some details. Then you look at the purpose as why you're here and just get honest with God. Quit blaming everybody else. And say it's me. Thirdly, you've got to locate the path. What are you going to do next? You've got to locate which path you're going to take because God's going to open up some options at your standstill. You may look around right now and the the water's not being part of it. But it will be. Help me right there. I don't know how long God will keep you at your standstill. 
still. But I promise you there's a day coming where the waters will separate and you can either choose to trust God. By the way, this wasn't just a fly-by-night easy decision. You go find you a seashore somewhere and stand and look out as far as you can see is water. That thing opened up and you just start walking through the middle of it. Yeah. You think they just hopped on that? Yeah. I pastored too long to believe that. Yeah. There's a few of them that thought, I ain't got nothing really to lose. We're fixing to die in Egypt, so I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. There's a few shelves. You with me? There's a few shelves. Bless God, we'll die in a while. Well, so let's handle it. Yeah. But there's a few others that said, I don't know about that. Right. What path did they have? Well, they had the path that led them to and through the water. Yeah. They had the path that led them to war with Pharaoh and his armies. Right. They had done it circled around them. Right. And camped around them when they was camped out between Midgall and uh, what's called Red Sea. Bells that long. And, and, and so that, that way led them to war. They could surrender. They could surrender in the war, give up, and go back to living in the world, or they could live in the wilderness. Just wrong. And we know that some of them said, we read it tonight, this morning, some of them looked at their preacher who has just given a raise. Preacher, ain't nobody ever done for this church what you've done. Here's your next hundred a week. Bless God. And thank God for Moses. That's the appreciation day every day along the journey. Until they got the standstill. And I the same one they just did the race to. They said, You idiot, you should have left us alone. I'd rather die in Egypt as I would to die in the wilderness. What have you done? So there's a path. So you can choose the path that leads you to and through the water. You can choose the path. Battle lake, north, south, east, or west, that leads you to live and die in the wilderness, or you choose a path to go back, fight the war, lose, and end up in the world in slavery. Wow. Wow. You have to locate which path you want to take. God will open the way, God will reveal the way out. Listen to me. Hey, I need you to listen tonight. God has already delivered and made known the way out of Egypt. Jesus said, I am thee. Y'all ever read your Bible? I am thee. And the what? And the life. Listen, there's no life in Egypt. No, sir. There's no life in Egypt. There's no life in the wilderness. You stay out in the wilderness floating long enough, riding straight on the fence, you go hang yourself in it. Yep. And Deacon, when we look at those waves, we'd say, ain't no way there's life in that water. But there is when Jesus has it parted. I'm at a standstill. I don't know what to do. God in His infinite knowledge and wisdom is going to open up the path. But you've got to make the choice. Let me say something about this path. This path is straight and narrow. Yep. Yep. That's right. 
Well, if you want room, where they can travel through. The Bible said, you know what followed behind the children of Israel? It's in your text. Cloud, pillar, cloud and fire. You know what? Not only did they have to go through the, the, the water, but look, this is Texas. They had to walk through the water in the darkness. Yeah. There was a light. God provided them a light. The Bible said that nobody even touched themselves, but it was dark. Here come the Egyptians and Pharaoh behind them. And they're all the same. Listen to me. There's so much I want to say. Even, listen, even when you choose the right path, it does not exempt you from the enemy pursuing you. They had a word from God that that, that sea would open and they would make it through to the other side. The devil, mother, uh, or Pharaoh, didn't have the word, and the children of Egypt didn't have the word. They didn't care. They were so bloodthirsty for God's people to keep them in captivity and bondage in Egyptian prison and slavery that even when they took the right path, the enemy still pursued them. So many people, but that's they, 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 they see God over the waters and they start through that path. And they still hear them yeah. wheels of them chariots on. Yeah. And they hear the hoofs of the horses behind them. They get about half a mile in and look and there's the enemy still. And they start thinking, this can't be right. If this was my way out, man, they wouldn't be there. But they didn't want the details. The man of God knew because God told Moses they're going to pursue after you. They're going to follow you, but I will overtake them. My friend, hey, listen, he still may be on your trail, but he'll never run you up a tree, friend. You just got to locate the right path, stay on the path, and God will deliver you from the adversary. He don't just go away because you make the right choice. How stupid would they have been to get halfway out in the ocean and hear that, see the water, let fear overtake them and say, I can't do this and walk right back towards them. Yeah. You don't know what would happen to them? Those who didn't want to turn back would have made it out. They would have went down in the waves and died the same way that those that are in this world die. Let me tell you something. God has a peaceful death for you and me. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Dying grace? Yeah. He has a peaceful death, Brother Chris. For me and you. But listen to me. You can mess that up. Yes, sir. You can. Hello? He can. He's got a way just to ease you out of this life and into the Hold your hand and be there with you. And it don't have to be traumatic and it don't have to be a thing that you're suffering. It don't have to be all that. You'll do what you're told and you'll stay with God. You can die a peaceful death. But I'm going to tell you something. When you turn from that way and you turn back towards the world, you'll die like the world will die. Amen. Your soul will be saved by fire. Amen. But you'll die under the wrath and the judgment of God. Right. Those who would not have kept going, those who would have come back, they'd have been right back in slavery bondage to Egypt. And they have died with Pharaoh and his armies. Yeah. A miserable death. Yes, sir. Is it important to take the right way? And I hope you're listening to me. Yes, sir. 
Are y'all listening? Is Elijah being a distraction? I need you to listen. He's Go backwards. 
dying war of the world. They could go to the east or west, dying a wilderness. They could go forward and walk across, walk through the midst of the water and the waves. But God said to choose the path that led them into the water because He knew what He was going to do. Look at verse 10. I'm trying to hurry. Pharaoh drew nigh, and the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid. The children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? Time out. A good preacher that's the real deal and really cares about you is going to get on your nerves a little bit. He's going to bug you. Why is he all the time? Go with me. He's going to bug you. You know what they said? I wish this man of God leave us alone. But he couldn't. Why couldn't he? He had a duty. He had direction. He knew. They didn't believe it. But he did because God had done told him. Not only did he have direction how to lead them out, to lead them to the water, lead them through the water, but he had the details as to what God was going to do if they listened. Right. Thank you, Lord. Mom, why, why would Moses, the man of God, pester them? Come on, follow me. We're going to set up camp. Man of God, I don't know if this is real, but I do. You realize that Egypt just over the hill over don't you? And they ain't going to take but just a minute. They're going to look around and realize that we're gone. We've been there for 400 years. You know they're going to come after us, don't you? Yes, sir, I do. And where are we supposed to go? I'm not exactly sure where God's going to take us, but He's going to bring us through this. Yeah. How many times have y'all heard me say similar things like, I don't know what God's doing, but He's doing. Amen. Don't know why I say that? Because I don't know what He's doing. I just know He's doing. Because there's times that he's led us to a standstill, Brother Chris, and all I see in front of me is the water, and all I see besides of me is the wilderness, and all I see behind me is the world. And I know I can't go to the left, I can't go to the right, I can't go backwards. I've got to press on. I've got to stay on the straight and the narrow way. Why? Because God's giving a duty, He's giving direction, and He's giving details even when it looks like we're going to be overcome and, and overpowered and, and we're going to be conquered by the world. He's given us some details uh, that even the very gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. I don't always know how he's going to do it. But I know he'll do it. Because he told me to tell you he'd do it. Hello, Sister Taylor? Stand still. You, you with me? Here we were. I know the right way, Brother Josh. But the light way led you to what? The water. Yeah. We can't walk on water. You can't. The left or right's wilderness. Don't need to dwell there. If you turn back and go back to living in sin, you're in the world. And I told her this if you'll stay faithful, God's going to bring him back. That wasn't just pet talk. That's something I've been praying about laboring, and God spoke it to me, laying on my face in Bearsville, Georgia, at the third crack in the sidewalk at Skyline Baptist Church. 
Forty State told me it's going to be all right. I'm going home. So what I found, I had a duty to tell her, speak. Not something I blow up or fall up or name and claim. No, we're pleading that. Hello. Right. Well, I thought I'd get one free of you. We're going to take this first one and name and claim. Well, you better name and claim whatever God's will wants is for you. Right. Just because Job had him both restored back to him don't mean that you're going to. Right. Right. God's will may not be that for you in your life. We're not going to name and claim Job. We're not Job. We're Josh. Right. Man. But God had told me. She just stay faithful. She'd come around. So I had a duty to speak what he had already spoke. And I had direction. What are we going to do? Sister Kayla, how many times am I going to tell you? You can't quit. You've got to keep coming. You've got to keep serving. You've got to keep praying. I said, when you go home, you make it a point. Sorry, Brother Chris. So you go home, you make it a point, leave your Bible where he said. You make it a point when you go home to sit and study in front of you. Yeah. You make it a point when he hear you praying every now and then. Yeah. You make it a point when try not to get bitter and mad when you leave you hug him and kiss him. I don't respond, Brother Chris, to tell her, and you always continue to submit to him in all points. Yeah. I said, don't you get mad and bitter because he's mad at God. He's mad at me or whatever it is, and you and you turn on him and put 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 friction in your marriage. I said you be faithful to him in every area. Man. More faithful than you ever be. Why'd you say stuff like that? I had some direction and had some details. Yeah. Man. Ain't because I'm a prophet, no, it's I'm a prophet, but he knows everything. Man. It was impossible. What? I never told Brother Chris one, one Sunday. I said, you better watch that word never. He said, I'll never be back. I said, Brother Chris, you better be, you better be careful saying that. I said, because God is bigger than our nevers. <laughs> Amen. You know what the children of Israel said when Moses said, okay, God told him, all right, put, stick your, stretch your rod out. You're going to walk right through the middle of this thing. Hey, everybody, saying that, we fix the walk through the ocean. You know what they said? Never will. Right. Yeah. We fix the ground, friend. Yeah. We fix the die. But God had given the preacher details. Yeah, right. Gosh, dog, I'm trying to help you. Locate your path. Fourthly, what should you do when you're at a standstill, Brother Chris? Lean on his promises. Look with me in verse 13. I, I, I'm hurrying along. Look, look with me in verse 13. Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye, <clears throat> fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you. He will show you. He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall them again no more uh, see them again no more forever. Look here. I like verse 14. Y'all still with me, ain't you? Yes, the Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. What do we do at a standstill? This is going to be real deep. Y'all ready? Yes, 
Shout out. Is that what he said or not, Brother Seth? I mean, if that ain't in the Bible, I'll close it and go to the house because I'm, I'm preaching heresy. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. You know the worst thing you can do to stand still is try to defend yourself. I'm in a situation. I can't go left, right, north, or south. I don't know what to do. Everybody's accusing me of this, and you. Just hush and let the Lord fight for you. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speaking of the children of Israel, uh, that they may that they go. What we go, Deacon? In time of standstill. Verse 15. Go forward. You know what he's saying, Brother Bob? Press on. Just keep going. What are we gonna think? Don't matter. Just keep going. What are we gonna say? Don't matter. Just keep going. What are we going to do? Don't matter. Just keep going. Verse 16. Lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They shall follow them and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I had gotten me honor upon Pharaoh and his chariots and upon his horsemen, the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. In other words, God's got your back. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. In other words, the enemy was still pursuing, but God blocked their perspective. Verse 20, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all night. The enemy's pursuing. Guess what the enemy will always pursue in? Darkness. How do you get out of darkness? How do you find your way out of the dark? You've got to have a light. What did God give them when they took the right path? Give them a light. Verse 21. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. The waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. It came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked into the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire into the cloud and the trouble host uh, uh, the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavenly. So that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. God knocks the wheels off the chariots. Verse 26, stay with me. 
the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. And uh, when the morning appeared, then the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord. y'all see that? And His servant Moses. You know why most people don't have faith and confidence in their preachers? They won't follow Him long enough for God to prove to be He is who He says you know what you got to do in time to stand still? Lean on the promises. Yeah. Yeah. Well, him, I said, standing on the promises of Christ the mighty. Right. Ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout. And I'll sing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. What are we doing? Standing on his promises. You had to stand still tonight? You've got some promises. First John 1 9 is a pretty good one. If you'll confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Knock and it shall be opened. Ask. Y'all with me? Behold, I stand in the door knock. If any man open the door, I'll come in to him. Sup with him. Hey with me. What we what we what we're gonna do in this time of standstill? I'm gonna lean on his promises. I'm gonna listen to a preacher. Because he's got a duty and he's got direction, details. I'm gonna look at the purpose. Why I'm here, it's not God's fault, it's not the church's fault, it's not mom and daddy's fault, it's my fault. Yep. I'm gonna look at the purposes, I'm gonna locate the path. Right. Yep. It's forward. Right. Press on, straight and narrow. Then I'm gonna lean on the promises. And I say the preacher didn't make any sense. The purpose didn't make any sense. The path at this point still hadn't made any sense. And the promise hadn't made much sense. But may I say the finished product made a lot of sense. Hear me tonight. Hear me well. God's way of doing things won't always make sense. But it will always make a way out of your standstill. It may not make sense. But it will make a way of escape. No doubt the children of Israel thought we're sure enough fixing to die. 
either in the wilderness, in a war, in the world, or in that water. But God took the impossible and made it possible. I'm going to give you this, and I'm done lastly. I want you to look in chapter 15. Y'all got a few minutes here? Give me just a few minutes to finish this. Chapter 14, the Bible ended with, Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord, believed the Lord, and His servant Moses. You're going to have a hard time placing confidence in the Lord or His preacher when you never take a step of faith to follow what's being instructed by the Lord through His preacher. But once they did, they believed God, feared God, and believed their preacher. Then verse number 1 in chapter 15 said, what's the first word say? Then. What's the second word say? Sang. Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Well, they've had an attitude adjustment. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and song and He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare Him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is the man of war. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His host hath He cast into the sea. He's, his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Look, look in verse 10. Verse 9. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. Hello? Read your Bible. And y'all hearing that same voice that you're standing still? I will pursue. I will overtake. I will provide or divide. Coming from the enemy. My last. Uh-oh shall be satisfied upon them. There's a whole lot of preaching here, Brother Dax. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Verse 12. Thou stretchest out thy right hand. The earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Uh, and thou hast guided them in thy strength unto the holy habitation. Look over in verse 19. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen in the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Verse 20, very important. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with... We got two first mentions here. First time the word sing shows up in your Bibles right here. First time. First time the word dance in this particular instance, it's dances. Is right here. Would you dare say that this is a celebration? Yeah. They're singing and dancing. You know what you do when God removes you from your standstill? What do we do when we're out of standstill? Well, we listen to the preacher. What do we do when we're out of standstill? We we, we uh, listen to the preacher and then we look for the purpose and then we, then we uh, 
uh, we, we, we look and, and find the path. Locate the path. And then what do we do? Well, at the end of this thing, we find out that the people finally started leaning on the promises. But then they're out of the standstill. So what do we do next, Brother Seth? We let our praise be heard. Can I tell you why some people don't have a song no more? Because they're at a standstill. They're not doing none of this. Can I tell you why people can't celebrate and worship God and praise God the way they used to? It's because, my friend, they've been overtaken by the darkness and the depths of the sea that God was going to use to deliver them. So what do you do? In a place of standstill. What do you do after? You let your praises be heard. 